reading this from APnews.com. It's going to be a health cast segment. A record 310 homeless people died in the Seattle area last year, highlighting the region's struggle to house the thousands of people living on its streets. The 310 deaths in King County surpassed the previous record of 195 homeless deaths set in 2018, Seattle Times reported, and marked a 65% jump over 2021. That's just appalling, the paper quoted Chloe Gale, Policy and Strategy Vice President for REACH, the largest homelessness outreach provider in Seattle, is saying. Seattle Mayor Bruce Harrell said it underscores his administration's urgent need to get more people indoors. Fentanyl-related overdoses accounted for more than half of the deaths. Many people had a combination of fentanyl, and other drugs such as crystal methamphetamine or cocaine in their system, the paper reported, citing records from the King County Medical Examiner's Office. 18 homeless people died by homicide, a number that more than doubled from 2021. 35 people died from natural causes at a much younger age than what is typical. The average age of death for homeless people was 48. Man, that's terrible. Ten people died from hypothermia and seven from suicide. The county has directed its public health, human services and homelessness agencies to survey homeless providers to find out what is needed to help curb fatal overdoses. Last year, public health, Seattle and King County distributed more than 10,000 kits of naloxone, a medication that can reverse opioid overdoses and about 100,000 fentanyl test strips. The agency is leading public awareness campaigns about the synthetic opioid and helping people find treatment. Now, this is near and dear to my heart. I talk about my time living in downtown Seattle and I saw I saw people I saw people die. I saw several people die. I saw someone die of what had to be a, a drug overdose. I used to walk to work every day. So I'm walking down Pine Street to 8th and Olive, which is where I worked. And I saw people, I saw people non-responsive. The police were trying to respond to them and saw them get zipped up and bagged and tagged. I saw that. I've seen people get robbed. I've had my car broken into and vandalized many, many times. And it's a different type of break-in. I think the first day, the first day that I got there, somebody broke in my car. They stole, I was moving into my apartment. And I had my PlayStation stolen. I had a whole bunch of stuff stolen out of my car. Day one, tennis shoes. But I would notice when I would park on the street, anytime I park on the street overnight. And the homeless, you can't, if you've never lived in Seattle or in San Francisco, if you're from the East Coast or the South, it's just, it's not the same. It hits different. Homeless, homelessness hits different. And it's such a public health crisis because on the West Coast, just the culture isn't to round up homeless people and put them into specific territories. I've talked about in Vancouver, how they round up all of their drugs into one part of town. Out on East Hastings Street, the the downtown east side. And it's like the souls of the damned going there and the rest of the city is, is Crystal City. I've talked about the wire. And how they tried that strategy in season three with Bunny Colvin. Hamsterdam. 
If you're a Wire fan like myself. But they don't do that on the West Coast. They The culture is different. It's a liberal culture. And you don't want to treat individuals that are living on the land as, as less as subhuman. So I understand the impetus behind it. But if you're from the East Coast and you move out to Seattle, the first time you're walking around and you see someone homeless sleeping under the Prada store or the Louis Vuitton store, that's going to be odd. Or someone sleeping in a sleeping bag right under, right next to Cheesecake Factory, it's just different. And when I was there, they don't round people up and tell them you can't stay here, you have to go somewhere else. So you see people in front of Whole Foods, you see people in front of affluent areas. You don't see that in other parts of the country necessarily. You see homeless people living under bridges. You see them living in in bad neighborhoods, poor neighborhoods. You know, NIMBYs, not in my backyard. Well, in Seattle, you have homeless people camping out next to Amazon. And as someone that used to go running every day in downtown Seattle, and then I would go to Alki Park on the West End, you, you see people who are living off the land in some of the nicest neighborhoods in town. And I live right by I-5. Like, I was, I live basically... Pine Street has an overpass that goes right over I-5, and there are a whole bunch of homeless people living under that overpass. When I was out in Seattle, it had to be, had to be 40 people. It was, a, it was a whole group of people. And it's funny, I met some of those individuals, and a lot of them, they weren't necessarily homeless because they couldn't work or they had had bad things happen in their life. A lot of them were homeless by choice. And a lot of them were homeless because they wanted, a lot of them had lived in California, lived in other parts of the country. Some of them came down from Vancouver and they wanted to live in the Seattle drug culture. That's what people told me. That's not hearsay. That's me talking to people. Cause you're walking by these people every single day. And when I had my car burglarized, I've had drugs stolen from my car, like prescription pills. Now they weren't anything serious. This is prescription pills for heartburn i was young then i'm not taking any hardcore meds i'm not taking anything for arthritis or advanced lyme disease but i've had pills stolen from my car many times and people will break in they'll find a way to get into your car i once was going to get something out of my car one in the morning and i found a man sleeping in my car had broken into my car and was sleeping in my car because of the rain and I was angry. I was furious. I wanted to tear this man limb from limb. But my humanity said to me, I kind of understand. You're, you're homeless. And it's raining cats and dogs, as it always does in Seattle. And I ended up giving that man a few dollars. True story. But the drug epidemic is it's unbelievable. And then with fentanyl, Fentanyl is such a scary drug because fentanyl is you start messing with with fentanyl, you're out of here. Heroin's bad. Heroin will kill you slowly. And and heroin, you don't you don't date heroin, you marry heroin. You can date cocaine, but crack, meth, heroin, you you don't date those drugs. You you marry you marry those drugs. But fentanyl, you're you're that kills you. You can't, your body can't handle 
fentanyl. So to see the crisis in, in this, this article just means a lot to me and the homeless health care crisis that we have in the United States of America. And I, I don't have a lot of answers for this one because I've seen it. It's different in every part of the country. And there are a lot of people that need mental health support. What I hated to see, I would see a lot of veterans that were homeless out in Seattle when I lived out there. I'd see a lot of veterans. I'd see guys that went to Iraq. Some of them had had limbs amputated. And they're living on the streets. It just blew me away. I'm like, these people, they gave everything that they had to give for the United States of America. And you would think that these individuals would be able to get at least a one-bedroom apartment and a bus pass. And it's just it's just weird my time out there. Like I said, there was a group of people living underground under me. I remember literally I lived in a high rise and I was on one of the lower floors. I literally remember opening my window up in the morning to get some fresh air and seeing people in sleeping bags and tents under where I'm living. And I don't I don't know what the solution is to homelessness. There there's so many layers around homelessness. I, I was very deeply involved in homeless ministries for many years at my church. And you get to talk to to people. I think I always say that talking to people, you find out about their situation. Everybody that's homeless isn't a drug addict or someone that's a, a felon or, or did something wrong in life. A lot of people, they just had a bad break. They had a health a health problem. They had a death in the family. They had something that happened to them, a car accident, something that they had absolutely no control over. Many of us only live, we're only a few a few checks from being bankrupt. I know a lot of people that are making big money, making three, four hundred K a year. They're a few months away, a few checks missed from being behind on everything. It it can happen to a lot more of us than we think. And I that's why I work with Rick Witted and US Hunger. That's why I love interviewing Farmbox RX. That's why I love having John Gorman on the show. People that really understand this at the healthcare level because it's it's a major issue. And I've seen it up close and personal. I talk about I saw a homeless man try to kill himself. Tried to jump onto I-5 a couple of days before Christmas when I lived out in Seattle. And it's just different. Here in Cashville, where I live, I see a lot of people at on-ramps with a sign asking for, for food or asking for, for money, panhandling, so to speak. I don't like to use that word. And I don't know where homeless people congregate in Cashville. My, my office is downtown. I've seen some homeless people congregating in front of my office building, but it's, it's not like on the West Coast, man. Seattle, San Francisco, North California, it just hits different in those places. So... Whatever programs we can invest in that help these individuals and, and getting people into drug rehabilitation when you don't when someone doesn't have an address, it's it's darn near impossible. There there are companies that focus on tiny homes. You have a lot of tent cities, but then that becomes a, a sewage crisis. It's it's just a very difficult and multi layered. And I'm just fortunate to be aligned with, with quite a few people I talked about upside home. That are part of the solution, not the problem, but it's it's a real difficult issue. Paragon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.
The Cook's Nook Mosaic Meals and Mosaic Meals to go because everyone deserves a delicious, nutritious meal. We're a purpose-driven food and nutrition services group created to help organizations and their clients make meaningful improvements and advancements toward equitable access to proper nutrition and food security within their diverse communities. Contact us today to learn more about our nutritious, delicious mosaic meals at 512-710-6665 or online at mosaic at mosaicmeals.com. I'm the latest hashtag challenge. Everyone on social media is trying me. I'm trending so hard that hashtag common sense can't keep up. This is going to get tens and tens of views. But if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, you could be left to pay for this yourself. Get Allstate and be better protected from mayhem for a whole lot less. James Lewis. But I worked for a company once. And particularly... The C-suite that was in charge of that line of business. This person thrived on bullying people. They enjoyed bullying people. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. They were proud of it. They wore it as a badge of honor. They thought it was a joke. They were joking around with other executives about, I'm ruining families. Husbands and wives are not spending time together because of me. When I overheard that conversation, I immediately said, I was like, I've got to get out of this company. This company is a train wreck waiting to happen. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. James Lewis. We're here with Coach Kenny Anderson. Um, you guys pulled out a five-point win. They made a run at the end. What was your message to the players when they were making that run? We was just careless with the ball. We had, some, we had a lot of turnovers this game. We got to work on our turnovers. And we had a big lead. And we got to learn how to play with a lead and uh, execute our plays. Uh, we wasn't executing nothing. We was losing the ball, turning the ball, missing layups, not getting back on defense late in the game. I don't know. Maybe it was just because of fatigue. I, I don't know what it is. But um, it was our first league game, so was, was, we got the W, so that's what counts. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo squad. It's just saying everything is difficult. We just got to win at home, period. And then, you know, take 50-50 on the road. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. This is James Lewis, host of the Lance J Radio Network. Many years ago, I started this show on YouTube in my downtown Seattle studio apartment. I was flat broke and had no cable or internet. Had to walk to the Starbucks roastery or Pike and Minor just to upload the show for my dozens of listeners. This is why it's so exciting to be back in Seattle on KIXI Kixie, 880 AM weekdays from 4 to 5 PM. We'll be talking sports, music, healthcare, and just a little bit of politics. I think at a 206 is my second home, and it's great to be back.